didn't either. Well, I didn't take that many notes because I just liked it so much. Mm -hmm. I was just reading it. I was just like, Mm -hmm. oh my God. I don't have time for notes. I need to know what happens next. (laughs) Yes. God. God. Um, Yeah, so hello, regular jurors. (laughs) Hello. Um, Welcome to episode number 41, uh, where we are going to be discussing Nancy Drew Diaries number one, Curse of the Arctic Star. Well, aren't you a regular Nancy Drew? We sure hope so, and we hope you are too. Join us as we talk Nancy Drew cover to cover and click to click. Welcome to Regular Nancy Drew. Don't know how it took us this long to get here, but I'm so glad we are here. Oh my goodness. You guys, it's so flipping good. This has to be the best Nancy Drew book that I have read maybe ever. Really? Um, ever? I mean, when you consider it in in the shape of what a mystery novel should be. You know okay. what I mean? Fair enough, like it's yes. It's the best mystery I think I've read in a Nancy Drew book. Mm-hmm. Like... I I will say that I probably enjoyed some of the Nancy Drew files more than like I enjoyed this book, but I think like when it comes to quality, this is the best one I've ever read. Yeah. No, yeah. I I can totally see that. Yeah. It was it was so good. <laughs> I just keep I, saying that, but it really was. It really was. So, I mean, honestly, before we even get into it, I would really recommend that you guys go pick up the Nancy Drew Diaries and read this before you listen to this spoiler-filled episode because, of course, we're going to talk about it all, but, like, it's just so good. Whoever this Carolyn Keene was for this brand-new series outdid themselves, truly. Mm, it, definitely. What an amazing start to a series. I hope they're mm-hmm. all just the, just as good as this one because, ooh. I know. Yeah, I anyway, sorry, we'll get that. there. I was like... <laughs> If this first one is this good, just mm-hmm. imagine, just imagine what is in store for us later. <laughs> like, I'm sure they can't all be 100% winners or whatever. Sure. But just imagine the bangers <laughs> that are in this series, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. I'm very excited. Very excited. So as you can tell, we really liked it. Um, I guess, do we want to do three words? Yeah. Um, Cruise. Yeah, I guess. Obviously. Um, or Alaskan sabotage. cruise, because I don't want Alaska to be a separate right, word. Sure. I think. Yeah, yeah. Alaskan cruise, sabotage, and I think like secrecy. Yes, yes. Like that works. there was a lot of like subterfuge and like mm-hmm. um, not telling people things, like amongst yeah. a lot of people, like not yeah. just, but also amongst our like main characters. And that's something that like really that I really appreciated about this. There was always stuff that people weren't telling somebody else, you know? Yeah. That makes sense. There always was stuff that people no, weren't telling sense. to somebody else. Is that grammatically correct? I don't know. I think you were right the first time. Okay. 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 <laughs> I um, get you. Yeah. So good. So, so good. And just like the level of, see, this is the thing. Okay. I'm sorry. Here we go. I'm going to get into it. This yes, is the please thing do. about, the Nancy Drew stories is that throughout 
they're the mysteries are not super complex and they don't have to be to be effective no. right they're children's stories or whatever the culprit is usually pretty obvious they're it's really just broad strokes of a mystery and we're pretty much just carried along throughout it in an adventure we're not really mm-hmm. practicing solving anything right but in this book <laughs> we get a mystery that is that is incredibly complex. Um, I mean, not incredibly complex, but with enough detail that you're really just like, what could possibly be going on? But right. enough detail that you could solve it, that you could yeah. figure it out. Yeah. I just, mm, yes. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And I have to say, Corey, that this is the first time I have ever been wrong about who the culprit is. Really? In a Nancy Drew series. Oh, yes. oh, oh my goodness. Okay. Interesting. I was so shocked. And I do think that part of it is because this mystery extends into the second one. I think what I was picking up on is probably what's going to be the focus mm-hmm. or the resolve of the second book. But I was so shocked when I got to the end of it. I was like, what? This, I did not expect this. I thought surely it had to do with this person. So I, I just for that alone, I have to say this, this blew me out of the water. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. It, it just broke all of my expectations for the level of quality of a mystery in the Nancy Drew story. It, you know? it is exceptional. Yeah. Anyway. <sighs> So yeah, I don't want to spoil the ending at all because obviously we're going to get yeah. through the summary, but I yeah. am obsessed with the ending. They really did something that I don't think we've ever seen them do before. And right. it, it felt like very refreshing, like something new, but also very true to, to Nancy. Like it really mm-hmm. did feel like a Nancy Drew. Absolutely. Absolutely. Also, I just have to say that I think we have finally reached pinnacle representation of nancy bess and george yes finally yes <laughs> we're not having this weird tokenism stuff anymore right this is what it's um, supposed to be this is what it's supposed to be and of course it only took until what was it published 2013 13. yeah for this to happen um but there was literally i mean aside from potentially the lack of representation in this yeah. book um, which isn't necessarily explicit, but then one could argue that that is in of, of itself yeah. lack of representation, right? Um, other than that, I didn't notice anything, you know, awful about it. Right. Right. Like no weird talks about food. <laughs> no, no putting George is just the tech girl, though she still definitely has that like element to her personality, you know? Yeah. Um, bringing along like her laptop and cell phone and stuff and being like weirdly like not letting people like like making sure that nobody took that bag like she yeah. brought that bag on I thought that was an excellent touch you know like just just great great work excellent excellent work <laughs> Simon and Schuster and whoever ghost wrote it applause yes. for me applause for me I hope I would assume it's the same writer for book two Right, 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 right. Because mm-hmm. it's a, c- a continuation. Yeah. 
I love that it's a continuation as well. By the way, our next book is going to be the next yes. one because I, I can't read it soon <laughs> enough. <laughs> I know. I've got to figure out if my suspicion about this whole thing is correct. And okay. I also like this too, because now once we reach the end of our summary, I can tell you what I think is actually happening. Right. Um, and then we'll get to find out And then out we can get to time. find out if we're right. Yeah. Okay. <sighs> I love okay. it. I love it. I love I'm it. Ready. I love it. I love it. We're okay. ready for the theories. Well, then let's just get started. Okay. Let's do it. So we start this book and Nancy, George, Bess, and Bess's new boyfriend, Alan. Ooh. Oh, hello. Okay. Interesting. Um, they're all aboard this brand new ship called the Arctic Star, which is part of this new cruise line called Superstar Cruises. Um, their cover story is that they won a contest awarding them a super fancy suite with a private butler, by the way, um, <laughs> on this Alaskan cruise. But really, they're there at the request of Becca Wright, who's an old friend of Nancy's, who is the assistant cruise director on this voyage. Um, Becca called Nancy because weird things have been happening, namely the star of this cruise, Brock Walker, uh, which that's kind of the superstar cruise's gimmick, is that they have a bunch of celebrities on their ships to, like, uh, like the idea is that people will get to like rub shoulders with celebrities on a cruise, which is why they're called superstar cruises, whatever. Yeah. Um, the star of this cruise, Brock Walker, backed out at the last minute, citing email threats to his family. Mm. Mm. Interesting. <laughs> yes. Um, of course, that's, you know, extremely concerning. But apparently the CEO of Superstar Cruises wants to keep police involvement and any potential publicity to a minimum to not jeopardize their new business venture. And I just have to say. Thank God for once we have a premise that makes sense for right? someone not reaching out to the authorities. Right. Of course, <laughs> of course, this big fancy CEO doesn't want to call the cops and jeopardize his new, his new cruise. That makes so much right. sense. Right. I just appreciate that so much. Cause so many times it's like, why wouldn't you just call the cops? There's a missing girl. Clearly you would call the cops, but no, this makes sense. Also, because it's like sabotage and nothing has actually happened, you know? So mm. I just... Mwah, chef. Um, anyway, so he is friends with Becca and asked Becca to get to the bottom of it. Um, and he knows her because he worked with her grandfather, who was like another bigwig cruise guy. And so Becca enlists Nancy's help to try to, you know, figure out who is behind this sabotage. Um, but so this is a secret to everyone, Aside from, like, our three main girls, of course. But it is also a secret to Bess's boyfriend, Alan. So they have not told Alan what they're actually doing here on this cruise. And so it's like this kind of whole thing throughout the book <laughs> is that they're trying to investigate while at the same time keeping what they're doing uh, from Alan. <laughs> Finding ways Very to funny. ditch him all over right, the boat. Right, right. <laughs> um, and so, like, the girls already have to engage in, like, some subterfuge just to make it on board and find Becca and, like, talk to her about all yeah. of this. Um, and we, so along the way, we meet a good amount of staff and some passengers. And I think a lot, that also has a lot to do with why this book was so good to me. Like, mm -hmm. we met a ton of people and names and at and it, it's it's accurate. Like if you were on a cruise and you were investigating, you would and going through subjects like or subjects suspects, like there would be a lot of people that you would have to oh, like yeah. filter through and that you would you know meet and you know For rub hundreds. shoulders with or whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and it really felt like that. Like a lot of yeah. staff and um, 
you know, guests and everything. And so it just felt like so like immersive, like Mm -hmm. it felt, it felt much more real because I think in like a traditional Nancy Drew book, we would only meet the persons of interest. You know what I mean? Right. Whereas in this, it was a lot more of just, well, these are also some guests and we saw this staff member and, you know, this staff member that we learned their name. It was just, yeah, it was just, it was nice. Nice to like um, meet someone that, you know, it's right. like, it doesn't have to, they're not, yeah you, you don't only meet them because you have to meet them for the mystery, right. but yeah. Right, right, Sorry. right. Sorry, go on. Uh, no, 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 you're good. Um, once they're finally able to shake their butler, who is also kind of uh, annoying to them, um, they're able to find and greet Becca, um, who agrees to meet with them later to tell them about all the goings on because she's busy right now because everybody's, you know, getting on board and everything. Um, but she also alludes to the fact that there is like more stuff happening now that she needs to tell Nancy about, but she can't get into it right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then suddenly, just as they're like agreeing to meet later, somebody shouts and the shout rings out across the Lido deck. Someone screams that there is a bloody body floating in the pool. Ah! <gasps> oh my God. <laughs> the best. Uh! the best what a way mm. to start mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay but it just turns out there's there's not actually a dead body in the pool it turns out that it was just a mannequin from one of the shops that somebody had like dressed um and dumped into the pool with like a cherry flavored drink powder that looked like blood um but of course the culprit is nowhere to be found that doesn't stop people from freaking out about it of course especially a couple on their honeymoon vince and lacy Lacey is like really shaken up about it. Um, but you know, the cruise director and everybody kind of escorts them all inside a nearby lounge for like some complimentary drinks. Um, Nancy and George also meet Wendy Webster, which, okay. One critique of the book is that name. (laughs) Yeah. Um, because she, Miss Webster, she is a travel blogger and her last name is Webster. Okay. All right. Okay. 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 Um, she's very excited about this interesting development. She thinks it's like this bonus murder mystery thing, um, and is excited to write about it for her blog. Um, she also kind of tries to like question Nancy and George about it, but they're able to kind of shake her off and then meet up with Bess and Alan to go find their suite. And they wander the corridors for a while to see if they can find it, but they can't. So they try to duck into an employee's only area to see if they can find like a staff member to give them directions. But inside this employee only hallway, they instead see two employees talking to a man who appears to be a passenger. But as soon as they see the group, they like abruptly stop talking, abruptly stop doing what they're doing. Um, And then one employee looking uncomfortable, like gives them directions to their suite while the other two like quickly leave. Yeah. Weird. It's weird. Just a weird occurrence. This, but, I, I feel like, is going to be very relevant in the next book. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. Uh-huh. Okay. We're, we're, yeah. I'm getting way yeah. ahead of us. <laughs> um, but they're like, okay, fine. Thanks. They go to their suite. And then once they get to their suite, which I'm sorry, <laughs> I have to just say, the fact that they got this cabin on this cruise. I was going to say, this is probably the nicest cabin on the ship. If not, I, I mean. Not, it, yeah. Yeah. It is a, so it's a suite, which with like a common area, like 
I guess, three different bedrooms or something. Four. They four. said four. They had to specify Alan does get his own room. Do not worry. Right. Right. <laughs> right. God forbid. I know. Um, God forbid we imply premarital sex. Right. Um, <laughs> um, and like this massive balcony and like, oh, like just gorgeous, gorgeous. It was very nice of Becca to put them up in in Uh this spot because you would think it would just be a normal room would be be nice enough. Cost, I bet you, like minimum twenty thousand dollars. Oh, they go into like a lot of detail about how luxurious this suite is. Yes, yes. Um. Anyway, once they get to their suite, um, they're greeted by their butler again, who offers to unpack for them. But Nancy looks around and realizes that her luggage is missing. Mm-hmm. Mm. So she's very stressed out about this, which is kind of weird. And she even talks about how she doesn't know why she's stressing out so much about it. It was unlike her that she would, it would be fine. Um, but Max, the butler, promises, you know what? I'm going to find it. Don't worry about it. Um, you know, you just go have fun. I'll go, I'll go find your bag. Um, and just as he rushes off down the hallway, we hear a shriek from outside the door. We look out and we see that a maid named Iris has been startled by this bratty boy we met earlier who was not happen- happy to be on this vacation. He wanted to go on like a, a theme park <laughs> vacation <laughs> instead. And he made that very clear uh, to his parents. So he's kind of being a brat about it. Um, we're not exactly sure what um, this boy did to startle her, but his dad comes out of the room and scolds him. And then Nancy decides to go ahead and head off while the rest of the gang unpacks to try to talk more to Becca since she obviously she can't unpack her bag because she doesn't have it. Um, so she finds Becca in her office and tells her and Becca tells her that all this trouble started a couple weeks ago when Becca herself received an email saying that she should back out of the cruise if she knew what was good for her. So it's mm-hmm. not just this celebrity guy who's been receiving threatening emails. Becca received a threatening email too. Um, Also, just today, she told us that a rumor has been circulating throughout the housekeeping staff that the cruise is already out of money and that nobody is going to be paid. Um, This is not true, Becca assures us, but of course it's caused drama. Um, And also, in addition to that and the email to Brock that we've already talked about, also three of the ship's cooks quit a week ago and also a shipment of their supplies went missing. All of this could be coincidence, but it certainly seems like there might be something else going on. Mm -hmm. Um, As they're discussing this, a woman named Tatiana walks in and tells Becca that she's needed at dinner to greet people and Becca has to leave. But Tatiana is like obviously suspicious of Nancy. She like gives her like this like sour look or something. It's like, is there something I can help you with? And it's like, (laughs) no, thanks. Um, And so Nancy leaves. Um, she heads back to her room. Max was able to find her bag. Go Max the butler. Um, he says it ended up being mislabeled and sent to the wrong room. But this is really weird because Nancy saw the porter label her bag herself with the same tags that the rest of like her friends' bags were labeled with. So, hmm. She guesses maybe, I guess it's possible that the label fell off and they put the wrong one on or something, but it's just weird. Um, so Nancy goes to change for dinner because they're about to all go to dinner. Um, and she opens up her suitcases, suitcase, and she sees a note that says, I hope you get lost just like your bag and that you stay lost. What a threat. 
<laughs> oh my god. See, it's it's at this point that I had a pretty good thought about what was going on. And later, I was sure I knew what was going on. Yeah. And then I was wrong. Uh-huh. Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, oh, I can't wait so, to hear your yeah. theories. <laughs> I know. 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 Okay. Uh, okay. So that night, they go to dinner. And I think, was it George that was surprised to learn that like you get seated with other people when you go to cruises? I've never <laughs> been on a cruise personally. You've been on one? One yeah. cruise? Yeah. So Well, a couple, but... Um, only one where I was really old enough to remember any of it. Okay, fair enough, yeah. fair enough. But um, so yeah, they go to this dinner and you get seated with like you know just whoever. There's large tables, so Nancy's party gets seated with these three um, three ladies who are friends that like to go on a bunch of cruises together. They're telling Nancy about how they've done a bunch of cruises together. Um, their names are Alice, Babs, and Coral. They call themselves the ABCs. Horrid. <laughs> 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 Okay, the naming is just the one bad thing. Yeah. The names. The names. We got to do better yeah. with the names, guys. I know. I know. It was <laughs> uh, a little bit cheesy, but whatever. They're obviously having a good time. Um, and we also have uh, the honeymooners from earlier, Vince and Lacey. They're also at Nancy's table as well. Um, and Alice actually looks at Lacey and is like, oh, do you have a sister that's on this cruise line? Because, you know, we cruise all the time and you look just like this girl that was on our last cruise. Um, this Jubilee cruise, she says, which is like one of Superstar's competitors. Um, and Lacey's just like, no, what? That's so weird. And like, that's kind of it. And yeah, they just kind of drop it. But they look around the dining room and they notice a bunch of big like film cameras. And they ask the concierge about like, you know, what's going on with that. He explains that they're capturing footage for promotional material that they're using. Um, and Nancy wonders if, or she wonders when they started filming and maybe if they've gotten anything on tape that might help her solve the case. Um, so Nancy, Bess, and George all excuse themselves to the restroom to talk, try to talk discreetly <laughs> without Alan hanging around. Yes. Um, <laughs> Fucking Alan. <laughs> he must think they all need to pee like every two minutes because they kept just like, oh, <laughs> see ya. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> we, we have to excuse ourselves, but um, they have to do this pretty pretty often in the story just to go talk about their, their theories along the way. But she tells them about the threatening note that she received because this is really her first opportunity to, to do so. Uh, but they don't really have much time to talk about anything else because someone else comes into the room. So they head, they're heading back to the table and they pass an employee's only door. I think it like goes into the kitchen or something. Um, it's kind of slightly ajar and they overhear an argument between someone, um, I guess an employee or something. And then also a man named John. And the, the other man says to John, drop it or I'll make sure you never make it to Anchorage. Okay, Whoa. very interesting. <laughs> What's going on? So the next morning, they try to meet up with Becca again, but she's busy, so they don't get to talk to her, And which that's one thing that bugged me about this book, how yeah. little Becca actually makes time to help them with the things she asked them to be there for, but whatever. Um, so they, they decided instead to go investigate the kitchens. They actually kind of sneak out while Alan is still sleeping so that they have some time to go look into it um, and try to like see if they can find anything about the argument that had occurred there the previous night. In the kitchen, they see the weird Hawaiian shirt guy that they'd encountered yesterday morning um, yeah. who 
seems like he's a guest, but he's kind of talking to the employees like like he knows them or like he maybe works with them or something. Nancy asks if he works there. He says no. He was just trying to like thank the staff and then he just like makes a weird excuse and leaves. I just want to clarify that this is the same guy that we saw because uh, I don't think I specified it earlier. This is the same oh. guy who was in that we ran into when we were asking directions for our room. He was the one talking to the two employees in the employees only hallway who like quickly hurried away. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. So this is the second time we found him in employees only area. Um, weird. Weirdly. <laughs> and weirdly also in like ugly shirts every time. Cause Nancy <laughs> makes it a point about that. She's like, Oh, <laughs> basically the same outfit, Hawaiian just shirt. <laughs> swapped it out for something else. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so yeah, thank you for that. That's a good point. But they try to like ask the staff members, like, who was that guy? And they're just like, oh, we're busy, but you know, somebody around here is happy to answer your questions at all times. And then they just, they scurry away. Which I would just like to say too, accurate. If you go into a backstage, backstage, if you go into like a kitchen area where people are like busy prepping for like meals, they're not going to have time to talk to you, Nancy. Of course, no. they're going to direct you to someone else out in the front who you're supposed to be talking to. You know what I mean? So I appreciate it. I appreciated that also. Ugh. And there's all sorts of wonderful little interactions and bits like that. Mm-hmm. It's like that. Not everyone is just bowing down to Nancy and just yeah. giving her the information she asked for straight out. It's just realistic. So, mm-hmm. um, but just then, Hero, the youth the youth activities coordinator for the ship, brings in a tour of children because I guess they're getting this exclusive tour of the ship. And in the group of children is our bratty little child from earlier that had scared one of the staff. Um, His name is Tobias, um, and he does not want to be there. Clearly, he's got an (laughs) attitude. He's like making a scene about everything. The youth activities coordinator sees Nancy Bess and George and is basically very politely just like, hey, you're not supposed to be back here. Come on, like leave, you know go mm-hmm. on um but you know if, the, if you do want a tour there's one for adults the day after tomorrow so you know come back whatever <laughs> um they leave and go get something to eat and then unfortunately they have to go meet alan which george is not happy about nancy's not happy about it either but george definitely complains about it the most um <sighs> but alan kind of just decides that everyone should go play mini golf and nancy is not up for mini golf at all but he kind of <laughs> kind of talks them all into it um, so they're playing mini golf and the film crew from earlier comes over to start get some, starts to get some shots of people playing mini golf. Uh, and they're like, hey, Nancy, there's this like moose statue on the course. And they're like, OK, Nancy, go stand over by the moose statue because um, it'll make your blonde strawberry blonde hair pop against the dark fur on the moose. Um, and she's taking a swing with her putter and the moose antlers fall and like almost crash onto her and she has to jump out of the way um but it does get her is what is it her leg it scrapes her leg up yeah Um, she's okay but it does it does injure her crazy right yeah i'm sorry but like finally getting consequence like not severe consequences but an actual consequence nancy doesn't just manage to jump out of the way in time like, mm-hmm. I was literally in the process of writing that down in the notes, like, uh, thing falls and Nancy's able to get out of the way. When I realized, no. wait, wait, she's not able to get out of the way. <laughs> ah, it's amazing. I know. Realistic also, again. Sorry, one more thing. This is when I thought for sure that I knew who the culprit was. Yeah. And was wrong. Yeah. 
Okay. All right. <laughs> um, so yeah, she she does get injured, but it's just a scrape and they're able to, you know, do first aid and she's okay. But George looks over the moose head while everyone is tending to Nancy and it looks like someone has loosened the screws. They kind of play around with the idea that, oh, you know, they did just install this. So maybe it just like wasn't tightened enough in the first place. Or was it legitimately sabotage, which seems most likely, but they are trying to like look at all options here. One uh, Nancy rushes over to one of the camera guys and notices that actually one of them is missing from the group. And the supervisor is like, oh, he's gone again. And Nancy's mm. like, again, like, why does this this guy keep like sneaking off or like being weird and going missing from what he's supposed to be filming? And she like asks to look at some of the, the video to see if she can see anything about you know, what happened right before it fell. Um, but the camera only really caught video of Bess and Alan, who, poor Bess, she kind of thinks it's her fault because she was standing, like, near the moose. And she's like, she, like, oh, leaned against it. Yeah. yeah, I could have bumped it and made it fall. and But it's okay, whatever. They don't really learn anything from this. Um, Nancy goes to the, like, ship clinic or whatever to clean up her injury. And there, Wendy, the travel blogger, comes to talk to her. She wants to interview Nancy about what just happened, but Nancy's able to kind of get her to go away. Um, they go to eat lunch and encounter Merck the Jerk, who is this, is he a stand-up comedian? Yeah. Is, the, one of the celebrities on board who wasn't like the main celebrity, but he's one of the other Another acts that's supposed to be name. there. I know. Awful. What, what is that? Jerk. Why would you want that to be your moniker? <laughs> I know it's terrible, but yeah, he's, he's now like the most famous person on the ship since the, the main guy Brock left. Um, and George is like, Oh, you know, maybe that's a possible motive to have gotten the other guy out of the way. Cause now all the attention's on him and he's going to have all these camera crews around him. Um, you know, get him out of the picture possibly. Okay. Um, after they're eating the captain, of the ship, captain Peterson comes over to the table and he's just, you know, he's like, how are you doing, Nancy? Mm-hmm. You're not going to sue us, right? Like, <laughs> um, he also asked Nancy, though, who who was present at, like, when you were injured, who was present at the mini golf course? Um, so Nancy kind of files away in the back of her mind, like, that's kind of weird, because does he have, like, a theory about what's going on here? Does he possibly think that one of the staff could be responsible for mm-hmm. this? Um, and then our friend Cora from dinner the other night is at the buffet table and she lets out a shriek and faints right in the middle of the dining room. Um, and someone explains that there is a tarantula in the cream puffs on the buffet. I can't imagine that would be enough to make someone literally faint. I think that was a little, little much, but maybe. Maybe. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, I do just have to say, though, that... This is such a better version of squash zucchini. Oh, Tarantula right? <laughs> in the cream puffs is a thousand times better than squash zucchini. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, if if we're going to have any, like, cutesy, silly mystery stuff, I will only request that it be tarantula in the cream puff from now on. <laughs> from now on. You know what I mean? Yes. Oh my gosh. Because the, the troll, the hilarity of that is too good. Too good. Seriously, yeah. Anyway. <gasps> what a moment. <laughs> um, but so it turns out that the tarantula is actually Tobias's pet named Hazel. Um, 
And his parents accuse him of sneaking Hazel on board and then putting her in the food to cause trouble. Tobias admits that he did sneak her on board, but he definitely didn't put her in the food because she could have been hurt and he would never do that because he loves Hazel. Oh. <laughs> um, but then Nancy starts to think, hmm, well, is it possible that Tobias is actually behind all of these sabotagings, though? Because maybe he's trying to get the crew shut down so that he could go on his preferred vacation to the amusement park, right? Uh, mm-hmm. He is good with computers. Somebody mentioned that earlier, so he could have sent those emails, right? Um, and the mannequin prank was kind of childish, and they had learned that the drink powder that was put in the pool with the mannequin had come from the kid's snack stand. So it's possible he could have swiped that. Yeah, um, yeah. But it does seem like he wouldn't have been able to loosen the screws on the moose. And so Nancy kind of uh, thinks, well, maybe Hero, the youth coordinator, might have something to do with it. Because she witnessed a weird look that Becca gave him after the moose head thing. But that's not ever really discussed in that much detail. Yeah. Um, But so the next morning, Nancy gets up early to try to catch Becca um, before they reach their first port. Um, And she's just talking to her in her office. When Tatiana comes in again, freaking Tatiana. (laughs) Um, and interrupts that, like, there's, like, some kind of weird issue going on with the temperature controls for flights five to seven. They've been going, like, haywire all night. Some cabins are, like, boiling hot and some are, like, freezing cold. Um, so Becca has to run off to address that. And then Tatiana, again, gives us some dirty looks and we have to leave. Um, but as we're leaving, we find George in an internet cafe Um, And while we're there, we ask her to go ahead and pull up Wendy's blog. Turns out she's already written about the cruise. And her post about the mannequin in the pool got a lot of engagement. So is that another possible motive? Maybe Wendy is pulling all these sabotage things to, you know, drum up hits on her website. Possible. Um, Then Bess calls us to breakfast uh, with her and Alan. Um, And they're all eating when Alan calls over Scott, the excursions director. And apparently, (laughs) Alan has signed them up all for this intensive schedule of activities while they're ashore. Um, Nancy is, of course, very irritated with this uh, because she wanted to spend the day investigating the suspects. And she can't really do that if she's, like, stuck whitewater rafting. Um, (laughs) So she tries to beg off again, like she tried to do with the mini golf. But Alan is, again, weirdly insistent that she join them. So she, like, kind of has to. Otherwise, it would be weird and rude. Yeah. So they're out in Ketchikan. uh, And they are finishing up a tour of the town. And so they go, and then they go to attend this lumberjack show. Um, Nancy is still annoyed with having been sidetracked from the mystery. But they do end up sitting next to Tobias and his parents. Um, So, you know, she kind of talks to them a little bit to try to, you know, get more information. And we learn that Tobias is sticking firm to his spider story. He does not admit to putting Hazel in the food. Um, And his parents talk about, you know, how gracious everybody has been after this incident and dealing with Tobias in general, Um, and including their maid, Annalyn, because, you know, having a spider in the terrarium in the the room probably isn't fun for this maid. (laughs) Um, But Nancy's like, wait, your maid, Annalyn, I thought, the maid outside your door was Iris. Isn't Iris your maid? Right. Uh, but they're like, no, we've never had Iris, you know, service our cabin or whatever, which I just don't know how you would know that. Like, right. I, <laughs> typically <laughs> when housekeeping comes in, you're not in the room, but 
whatever. I don't know. Maybe they do things a little differently on this cruise ship. And you would um, think there's different shifts and like yeah, somebody could do it like the whole possible, hallway. And... That, yeah. Hmm. Or that like oh, well. somebody had help and so it just happened to come into the room that one. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but weird anyway. Weird that we don't hear about Iris because shouldn't it be Iris? But um, so then we settled into the show and during the show, Nancy notices Scott, the activities director leaving. So she pretends to head to the bathroom and instead follows him. Uh, she sees him after following him. She sees a meet up with this like guy in like a flannel shirt and a scar and quickly like pass him something small and kind of look furtively around. <laughs> I was so sure. I'm like, is this a drug deal happening? In a Nancy okay. Drew book? <laughs> I think we'll have to talk about this because we'll get to it in just like one second. But yeah. he explains it and I don't believe a word of it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It doesn't explain this. It there explains... There is so much stuff going on in this book that is still unexplained at the uh-huh. end of it. Uh-huh. I... Yes. I know. I yeah. know exactly. So, so yeah. So, she sees him do this. Um, and then they both quickly, you know, walk away and head off in opposite directions. So she's not sure what she just saw, but it could have been entirely innocent. You know, maybe he's just giving something to the sky. Uh, it, it literally could be completely benign. Um, sure. But she still has a, you know, niggly feeling about it. So she decides, okay, I'm going to go ahead and follow Scott. She follows him, follows him to this totem heritage center, which is very cool, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but she ends up losing him after like, losing him for a brief moment and then finds him in the alley behind it, handing an older man a wad of cash. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ah, so, interesting. Go ahead. I have thoughts. Cause no, cause he's, he's like surprised to see Nancy. And at first he's like pretty defensive, but then he softens and is like, Oh, Hey Nancy, how'd you get back here? Are you lost? Did you get away from the tour somehow? Um, and Nancy is like clearly wanting an explanation for this. And he's like, Oh, you know, we're really not supposed to engage in gambling. So that's why I'm acting shady. But that's one of my old poker buddies. And like, I lost to him last time. And I was just paying him what we bet last time. Right. And so Mm -hmm. please don't tell anyone. Um, And Nancy's like, Oh, no, I would never uh, your secret safe with me. And in her mind, she's like, yeah, I'm definitely telling Becca about this the second I get back on board. This is so good. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We have to talk about this really quick. How Nancy is like, um, absolutely fine with just being like of course i'm not gonna tell anybody when actually she 100 percent intends to tell somebody i know i love this nancy drew i love this nancy drew <laughs> anyway sorry go ahead about the weird stuff with the the guys well i mean if it really was a gambling debt handing someone a wad of cash is that explains it but what about mm-hmm. the small object from earlier uh-huh how do you explain that what is that see this is the thing it's so clearly that he is the go-between between these two people. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. so clearly that that's what's happening. We don't know what that object is. It's probably not drugs because this is a children's book. Right. I doubt that they would go there. But it's got to be something illicit. It could be a smuggling thing. It could yeah. Be, it could be a lot of things. Right. Interesting. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, no, they don't land in Vancouver, do they? We just have a lot of people from Vancouver because we take off from... Or do they take know. off from Vancouver? I don't remember. I don't remember hearing that, so I don't know. I know they mentioned Tobias and his family are, Van- are from Vancouver, and that's how mm. he got Hazel on board. Because right, because of the customs They didn't thing. have to go through yeah. customs, yeah. So I don't 
think this would be a smuggling thing because it would all it's still Alaska. Like they just mm. leave the U.S. and are still in the U.S. So well, why would smuggling... it be a smuggling? I mean, not necessarily, but smuggling doesn't necessarily have to be across borders if it's an illegal substance, right? right? Uh, sure. I think actually, I guess I guess I don't actually know the technical term for smuggling, <laughs> um, but they could still be you know carrying something illegal and selling it. Um, yes. even if they're not carrying it across a state line or a country line. Um, Very true. So, so yeah, but I don't know. I mean, it could be something as, I mean, not innocent, but like maybe it, it's a celebrity super fan and he stole something <laughs> from Merc the Jerk's dressing room or something. And like, oh, I'm selling this super valuable tissue that he used. You well, know, it could be something like that. Like, So if if the thing is, if he's acting as a go-between, then it's not something that anybody on the ship that, you know, he he didn't acquire this object. It seems like he's giving this up just from based on just observation. It could be, again, like you said, something entirely different. Right. But if he's giving this object to this guy and this guy, they trade something potentially for money. And then he goes and gives that money to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Then that object was you know the property of the guy he's paying for it right so he is acting as a go-between and why would an employee of a cruise ship do that potentially because he has more mobility and can go to different places in alaska yeah now why that really works out when they're both in the same town i don't know maybe just because that's just his job and so people know him and so you know that's Mm -hmm. how you know, he's just the guy who does that. But I don't know. But interesting. It is interesting. What could I that don't, be? I don't think it's something more benign. I think there is something to this. Surely. But, Surely. but what is it, though? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yes, very interesting. Very interesting. So let's definitely remember that for the next book, because I'm mm-hmm. sure it will come back up. I hope it will. <laughs> um. But yeah, so Nancy's like, no, don't worry. I won't tell anyone. (laughs) Um, But then she goes back to the Lumberjack show. Um, After it ends, they all decide to go get some lunch and do some shopping. Um, Bess really wants to get some souvenirs for back home. So on the way to the lunch, she stops into a store to buy some stuff. And Nancy's like, I'm just going to wait outside. Um, And there is earlier in the book we met this large family reunion that was on their ship and this very it's like two dozen people a very large group um passes by nancy and as they do nancy feels something slam into the back of her knees and she's like on this bridge or like on the boardwalk and she falls into the water yikes um so Alan is actually the one that notices her through the window of the shop and like comes running out and gets help and gets Nancy out of the water. Good on you, Alan. Uh (laughs) Uh, But then we kind of flash back to the ship where Nancy is, you know, wrapped in a bunch of towels, setting herself on the deck and just trying to warm up generally. Um, And Nancy, she actually starts to feel a little bit bad about always shooing Alan away because he was just so (laughs) nice about everything. (laughs) But she's like, not enough, oh, well, though. yeah, not enough. I still need to talk to Bess and George. So, Alan, <laughs> um, I didn't get the souvenirs that I wanted. So can you go get some postcards for me? Well, and no. he's like, so right what oh, she well. does, what she does is yes. she actually tricks him because she's like, oh, you know what? I forgot. I really wanted to get some postcards. I'm going to run into town really quick. You guys stay here. Mm-hmm. I'm going to run into town to get some postcards. And Alan's like, no, 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 <laughs> no. Don't be insane. You were just like in an accident. 
I'll go get your postcards, Nancy. You stay here. And yeah, Nancy's like, you need oh, to rest. <laughs> I guess. Okay. Thanks, Alan. Oh, she's so good. She's so good. <laughs> oh. What reverse psychology. I know. Love I it. know. So sweet Mr. Allen goes running off and Nancy's like, okay, good. Best and George, let's go find Becca. <laughs> so they just get to, uh, they get to Becca um, and she's like, oh my gosh, Nancy, something else has happened. The chandelier, while everyone else was off the ship, the chandelier in the main dining room just fell down. Or not the main dining room, sorry, the main theater, the theater. Yeah, just fell down. Um, luckily, everyone was off the ship, so no one was in there at the time, but... Um, the noise was so loud that the people that were still like in their rooms or whatever, that didn't go on the port excursion or whatever it's called. Um, they're all like very concerned and there's obviously this huge mess now. And so we got to like relocate the performances that are supposed to be scheduled for tonight. And, um, it's just, it's a whole big deal now. Um, Becca does tell us that the cameraman from earlier that was like, sneaking off all the time uh, she's like oh you can cross him off your list of suspects because it's just seasickness and he didn't know this about himself that he was so <laughs> seasick when he accepted the job um, so that's why he is always disappearing is to go be sick and then he has actually decided that he cannot handle this line of work and is just gonna stay in the next port and not continue with their journey i don't buy this Corey. uh right right hmm could that be related to the other suspicious things going on on shore? Mm -hmm. Hopefully we shall see. But we also ask her about Hero, and she says that, uh, no, no, he, no, it couldn't be him, but I have to go now. Um, bye. And it's just, like, very abrupt and weird how she, like, won't explain anything and then just leaves. So Nancy starts to wonder, is there something she's not telling us? Maybe. Um, we do also... Oh, you have something no it's just yeah, okay. so good it's just know, so good i'm just excited hearing about it again i know <laughs> uh but we ran into vince and Lacey, the honeymooners who decided to stay on the ship all day um they say that they didn't see any anything weird anything going on with the chandelier in the dining or in the theater or anything like that because they were in the gym all day um and now they're on their way to a massage that iris had scheduled for them um, but they leave after after the honeymooners leave. George suggests that they should bring on the <laughs> ABCs as their junior detectives to help them with the uh, <laughs> with their theories. But as soon as George says that, Nancy goes, "I know who did it. Uh -huh. I figured it out. I just have to confirm one thing real quick." Um, and in true Nancy fa fashion, she says, "You know, no time to explain. No time Let's to go. explain." <laughs> Come on, you'll figure it out along the way. God. Yes. <laughs> so good. Um, so yeah, so they're racing through the ship. We find out to the gym. Nancy is running to the gym. Um, where we ask the attendant if Vince and Lacey have been there all day. But he says, no. Actually, the only guy who's been in is Hawaiian shirt guy. <laughs> over on the treadmill. Um, so Nancy Which now explains... Come on. I know. They were exercising all day. You were on the yeah. treadmill for 18 hours? Really? Oh, okay. Uh, okay, maybe like if it's a port probably excursion, eight, then they're probably, it's probably like from like 8 a.m. to maybe like 5 p.m. or something. Sure, sure. But still, yeah, still. eight hours on a treadmill. <laughs> Excuse yeah. me? Okay. Okay. Um, 
But so Nancy now explains to Bess and George that she remembered that after George's comment that one of the ABCs mistook Lacey for a performer from the Jubilee Cruise. Um, so what if or she mistook her for like sister, that she thought right? that she had a sister, right? From mm-hmm. the Jubilee Cruises. But what if it's not a sister at all? What if that was actually Lacey and Lacey just changed like her hair color and eye color? What if she's actually here to sabotage the Arctic star for its competitor, the Jubilee Cruises? Hmm. So now Nancy texts Becca um, and they meet over at the spa where Vince and Lacey said they were headed. And then they catch them in the act of sabotaging spa products. Oh. They immediately clam up and say, we're not telling you anything until we get a lawyer. Which I was so happy about. I know. Because I was like, thank God, another realistic thing yeah. to happen in this book. Right. It's short-lived, but at least yeah. initially. Um, <laughs> it doesn't matter, though, because Nancy just explains it all, everything they were doing. So she says they must be working for the Jubilee Cruises because, you know, the ABC's comments. Um, also, she explains how, you know, they were so conveniently nearby when the mannequin was put in the pool and how Lacey screamed and make such made such a big deal out of it she also explains that iris their maid must be in cahoots with them because nancy put it together because of you know Lacey's early mention of her and also how um iris has been snooping around outside nancy and tobias's cabin door so she mm. could have been the one to go get hazel from tobias's room you know planted in the buffet um and she also could have just been eavesdropping so Nancy explains how they, with Iris's help, had the opportunity to commit all the acts of sabotage. She does bring up the moose head, though. And I'll just remind everybody again that this is where I had like previously thought that I had solved the mystery, but actually had not. <laughs> um, she brings up the moose head saying that, like, oh, Iris could have, you know, loosened the screws for it or whatever. But Vince vehemently denies this. He says... No, you caught us, okay? We were trying to sabotage the ship for the Jubilee Cruises, but, um, oh, he, he hates your CEO, by the way, calls your CEO a traitor. Um, <laughs> but we didn't do the moose head. We would never hurt anyone. That that was not us. Uh, sure. <sighs> sure it wasn't. Okay. Um, so as Vince and Lacey are being led away, Nancy realizes, too, that they're... Um, is no way that Iris or Lacey or Vince knew who Nancy was. So why would they have, like, stolen her bag and put a note in it? Right. Hmm. Hmm. But so Nancy, Best, and George end up going, you know, to the police station to make some statements, and then they come back um, to the ship afterwards, and they come across Becca, who's talking to her boss and the captain. They kind of all, you know, talk about, uh, you know, what has just happened. But we learn that something else has just happened while Nancy, Bess, and George were away. The jewelry store on the ship was robbed. And they're sure that it couldn't have been Vince and Lacey because it had to have happened in just the last two hours. Oh my gosh. So we've caught one culprit, or I guess technically three, but it definitely seems like there is something still fishy happening aboard the Arctic star. And that's oh, how we end the book. my gosh. <sighs> Amazing. <gasps> Amazing. Amazing. So good. So good. <sighs> wow. I just, 
I have so many questions. I have so many questions. There's so many things that like, we just don't, we don't get any resolution to. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. But so I'll just tell her what I thought. I thought a hundred percent. I was so locked in, so sure. I, I mean, I didn't exactly know the motive, but I knew I thought who was doing this. Okay. It's Alan. I thought about Alan as well. A hundred percent. Alan has something to do with what's going on because so immediately I clocked the Nancy suitcase thing. Mm -hmm. So at the very beginning of the book, we know they're trying to keep stuff from Alan or whatever, and they're putting all their bags on top of the thing. He tries to help Nancy with her bag, like at the beginning, mm -hmm. but she's like, no, don't worry about it or whatever. The porter takes it. But then they go off and Alan says he has to go back to the bags because he like forgot something or wanted to grab mm -hmm. something from his back. Yeah. Obviously, he is the one who tagged, changed the tags on Nancy's bag or left the note, whatever. He did something in that moment to Nancy's bag. So he clearly mm -hmm. left the note for her. What the reason is, I don't know. It could be that he is upset about Nancy's relationship with Bess. Maybe he wants to have Bess all to himself. Maybe he's a creepy creeperson. Um, or maybe he's not who he says he is. Which, yeah, maybe. Um, and is trying to come after Nancy for some other reason. But also, the reason why the moose had made me sure that it was him is because he was the one who was so insistent that Nancy come mini-golfing with them. Right. He was also, like, not around right before they all went mini-golfing. So, like, right. those three of them had, like, gone off to do something and left Abin in the cabin alone, Beth said, or George says she knows that she did because he was like snoring so, so loud or something, uh -huh. um, which I think is very clearly a cover Yeah, um, that maybe he had a C CD of someone snoring or something. And he actually yeah. left to go sabotage the mini golf course. And he then totally he also, had the opportunity. Yes. And, but then I think he has to have been working with the um, camera operators in some capacity because they're the ones who like made Nancy stand underneath the mm -hmm. moose head. Yeah. Like they like very much orchestrated her to stand there. And that was so obvious and just Nancy, by the way, because one of them came in and was like, Oh my God, have you ever been on film? You're so beautiful. Your hair color. And Nancy's all kind of like embarrassed about it. They like singled her out. Mm -hmm. And they're like, you would look, your hair would look so beautiful against the backdrop of the dark brown fur of the moose. Go stand there. Yeah. And then the moose falls on her. That's not a coincidence. I love the Allen theory. I think there's definitely something to it. Maybe <laughs> I'm completely wrong. But, okay, they do, she does at one point say that Alan is aware that she's an amateur detective. Mm -hmm. But she doesn't want him to have any idea that that's what they're doing they're right there. now that yeah. she's doing anything even remotely case related but they just make such a big deal out of can't tell alan can't tell alan gotta get away from him gotta find an excuse to leave him alone and then nancy starts to like almost feel bad about it and then like almost considers telling him and is like what would the harm be like maybe it would just be another pair of eyes on the case mm -hmm. but like something just holds her back and i think mm -hmm. her intuition like we're supposed to kind of read into the like 
mm, there's mm, just something there for like justifying the hesitancy and thank goodness that she didn't tell him because hmm, maybe maybe there's something more to it that will happen mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if she does oh mm-hmm. i think it's so good it's gotta be alan i am like a hundred percent sure okay i'm 98 percent sure yeah that alan has something to do with it they would have to do some pretty big gymnastics i think to to get out of the alan angle at this point yeah um but that doesn't explain all of the other weird stuff hawaiian shirt guy who is like always in the employee only areas why Mm -hmm. is he an employee is he not an employee is he a mob guy (laughs) um because that's what i when i see that and hear that that's what i think right somebody there to supervise you know what i mean yeah uh um that feels very mobbish to me um but i don't know why that would be the case on this cruise ship i mean maybe it is smuggling maybe they're smuggling something but also it doesn't explain becca's weirdness we don't ever know why she was being weird about hero and like potentially hiding something from nancy um, I think there's a romantic thing there. Probably oh, we're gonna find okay. out. Okay. Oh, don't suspect him. Mm. He's worked here for so long. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. That, I don't know. I, that might be reaching, but that could make sense. Okay. Um. But yeah, and then also the weird potential uh, drug selling after <laughs> the or during the um, lumberjack show situation. So there's just a lot of loose ends. Mm-hmm. A lot of loose ends. And yeah, the jewelry store theft. Nancy yeah. does say that, like, you know, um, maybe it was just a coincidence. You know, jewelry stores are like common targets, so maybe somebody just somebody else mm-hmm. <laughs> did it. But it just seems like there's too much. There's too much left out there that we can't have solved at all. So, right. what's going on? What else could be going on? I love that they left it open. I love that they, yes, they solved it, but then this is, we're going to do something we've never done before. We're going to have Nancy not 100% figure it out. And it feels so true to like the mystery stories because those were so, like the structure was so classic. Two separate mysteries that seemed uninvolved, but then coincidentally at the end we find out how they merge. It feels like they've kind of flipped that where Nancy had no idea there was a second mystery the entire time. And then you find out at the end it's way more than just what it looks like. Yeah. Oh, so good. Oh, so good. <laughs> truly, truly a masterclass in the Nancy Drew book. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm not a saying shining the, example. I'm not saying it's the best mystery I've ever read. There are no. some really excellent other mysteries out there. But for a Nancy Drew book, this yeah. is top tier. Yeah. Top tier mysterying. Mysterying. I don't know. You know? Yeah. <sighs> So, so, yeah. God, sorry. <laughs> I was just going to say, tell us y'all's theories if y'all also just read this book. Obviously, don't spoil it for us if you've read all of them and you know yeah. what happens. Or you, the second one and you know what happens. I I don't want to. Yeah. But, oh my God. I'm so excited. So excited. I love that they started the series out this way as well. Because I believe I that one and two were published at the same time. And then book three was like probably a few months later in the year. And now they do like one or two a year of these because they're still publishing mm-hmm. this diary right. series. But I think that that was like a genius way to kick off the the new series, like introduce this and like change her from the girl detective. Doesn't that have thing. some like uh, Nancy Drew historical 
roots to that kind of marketing ploy too, because mm-hmm. Edward Stratemeyer did that with the first three, right? Or the yes, first, he did. Yeah. First three, yep. First mm-hmm. three. So, yeah. how lovely. I right? know. So good. God. <laughs> getting back to our roots, guys. We're getting back love to the it. roots. Love it. And they're good roots. They are. Good roots. They are indeed. Way better than the girl detective. I'm so oh relieved. Oh my god, <laughs> so much better. It's maybe, okay, maybe I only think it's so much better from having come from such a terrible thing. But Fair. regardless. <laughs> I think it is a good lens to look at it through, just kind of mm. chronologically, just doing sure. it anyway. Yeah, it's true. But. It's true. Uh, yeah, god. God, how much better. So much better. <laughs> oh. Oh, so I was going to ask you, do you still have as much faith in the Allen theory or is it kind of shifted for you? No. Because you were saying that like you did think you knew what was going on and then you didn't and then you had another theory. Yeah. So I thought being based on like opportunity, not motive, that it had to be Allen because Mm -hmm. everything was lining up too perfectly to be him. But I didn't, I still didn't know the motive. Um, But obviously now that we know at the end of it that it's like there's more stuff going on than just some of the sabotage we were having before that obviously Vince and Lacey were responsible for some of it and Iris were responsible for some of it. Um, that theory still holds true to me because obviously Alan is doing something. Yeah. Um, I just don't know to what extent. Maybe there's three mysteries going on. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I don't know. maybe it extends into book three as well. Wouldn't that be but, interesting? That might be too much, but. <laughs> yeah. Um, but if, so if all of it is supposed to wrap up somehow into one thing, the rest of it. Yeah. Then it's got to be something to do with, Alan being in cahoots somehow with the crew, Mm -hmm. the camera crew and like the crew on board the ship somehow, and that they are working together to do some kind of smuggling thing. And Alan's trying to keep Nancy off their backs or um, something. I don't know. Um, He's certainly done a lot of gymnastics to get Nancy to not have time on her own. Um, Again and again, that's what he's been trying to do, right? He's that's been trying very to true. Get her to go to mini golf, getting her involved in all these activities, not, you know, trying to always be there, um, always like tagging along. Um, mm-hmm. Nancy ends up using that against him later by, you know, getting him to go do something um, for her so that she has time to investigate with Bess and George. But that's his whole thing. So he's clearly trying to occupy her from doing something. Right. But what? Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. I'll just say there's something so, so good about a mystery set in like a confined location. Yes! Obviously, they leave the boat later. Yes. But the next one takes place on a train. You know how oh, much I love a mystery on a train. And like the cruise ship is essentially just kind of that same concept. Oh, my gosh. Well, this is 100%. This has got to be Agatha Christie inspired. Oh, yeah. To have oh, our 100%. first two books be on a cruise ship and then on a train. Mm-hmm. I Perfect. mean, you might I as well, it. like, slap a mustache on Nancy and call her her cool. <laughs> like. <laughs> oh, 10,000%. Yeah. Mm. But, yeah. I, I was going to make a joke in the notes about, like, an, a little Grace House moment for Nancy, but <laughs> I didn't. But so I thought maybe people wouldn't get it, but. 
I think we should also talk about the cover art. Because okay. this is very different art than any of the other series have had well, so far. Well, and I have a different cover than you. <gasps> Whoa! Okay, because I haven't seen that one. This is the 90th uh, anniversary edition. Oh, and I have the box beautiful. set of the first time. They are gorgeous. Okay, hold on. I'm going to go get all okay. of them so that you can see all of them together. Because <gasps> the spines yes, yes. beautiful. Doesn't it make a like, magnifying glass? I feel I like so. you've sent me a picture of like the spines, but I didn't realize that was the cover. <gasps> it's a, I love they're that. They're gorgeous. Yeah. Oh, right. my gosh. Okay, yes, please. <laughs> So yes, so they all make pretty. They all make the magnifying glass, but I mean, like, look at these covers. Like, Is that the train one? Oh that's the my next gosh. one. That's the train one. <sighs> Mystery of the Midnight Rider. Oh. Once upon a thriller. Beautiful. Like they're just just so Aww. classic. Like the blue and yellow mm-hmm. theme at the same time, but they're also. I'm obsessed. The, just the art styles. Look at that one. I'm sorry. Oh. <gasps> Which number is that? Nantucket? That is seven. We should do that one. The that is Nantucket. a beautiful cover. A, li- yeah. a lighthouse mystery, always a classic as well. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm obsessed with these. Obsessed with them. I'm going to show you every single one. But yeah, so if you are in the market for Nancy Drew Diaries, I highly recommend this. This is their um, 90th anniversary collection. Yes. One through 10. They're gorgeous. Um, But so, okay. Back to the Curse of the Arctic Star cover. So what does yours look like? Okay. So mine is kind of, I don't, like a pastel painting of Nancy on the cruise ship in this gorgeous, like, (sighs) I don't know, maroon colored, almost velvet looking coat. With her hair blowing in the wind, leaning over the railing of the cruise ship, and there's like big puffy clouds ahead, mm. and she's just like staring off into the distance. That is it's so pretty, so good. That's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, the classic yellow spine as well. Yeah, Beautiful. that is just that is almost just as good as this one, which is God. I can't even describe this art style. It's kind of um, Art Deco. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah. With, with the flashlights being the, at the mm-hmm. top and like this diamond shape with Nancy Drew Diaries in it. Um, and then it's got <sighs> this front facing cruise ship kind of breaking through these waves. But it's all it's in a color scheme of, of like black, white, blue and yellow. That's mm-hmm. the only cover colors on the front of the cover. So beautiful. That is gorgeous. So they really like they did not have to go this hard with any of it and they're like let's just outdo ourselves a thousand times over absolutely absolutely Mm. so good i'm obsessed with these i might start reading the second one today like (laughs) (laughs) yeah i I cannot wait i cannot wait i'm excited i'm very excited to know what happens but okay okay so let's what else do we want to say about it um honestly no notes too no good notes. too good no i'm kidding um okay so i will say that one of the other reasons why i liked this book so much is that it there were a surprisingly few amount of plot holes i know right i found one plot hole and it's just that if you were actually going to sabotage um like spa items why would you tell anybody you were going to the spa and why would you say that you have a massage at the spa if that's what you were yeah. going to go do? Why wouldn't you say you were going somewhere else? Um, but that's that's really the only thing I mm-hmm. found that was kind of incongruous. 
Um, other than that, I didn't see any like gaping, glaring plot holes. And I'm just like, and part of that could be because we haven't gotten the full resolution of the mystery yet. So sure. I mean, it's possible that there are some. Provided the next one's not a disaster. <laughs> right, right. But, but so I can't, it's like so, it's so inconceivable to me to have a Nancy Drew book with so few plot holes that I am like shocked. I'm right. shocked that there isn't something like glaringly obvious, like, well, what about that, guys? You know, why did nobody yeah. think about that? But it's, there's not. No, honestly, <gasps> honestly. <gasps> So like the realism in like the depth of the characters and the way that people act, the um, lack of plot holes, the way that like we can be absorbed in this mystery and not all questions are answered, the way that we can solve this mystery on our own because they give us all of the clues and it's just a matter of parsing them for ourselves as the reader. Mm-hmm. So good. Mind Flawless. blown. I know. Flawless. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I have no notes. No notes. I'm trying to, I'm looking through my notes here. It's literally like a third of a page. It's nothing. It's, um, I guess just one thing they explain um, inviting Alan on the trip as opposed to Ned because Ned's a camp counselor this summer. So that yes. felt very like true to the mystery stories as well. Yeah. So. I loved it. Loved it. The only thing I didn't like, the only thing that irritated me about this one is the names. It's just because they're cheesy and silly, oh, like Wendy Webster and the ABCs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but what yeah, a shallow—it's a kids' what a shallow, book. <laughs> yeah, it's a kids' book. But I, I'll just get over that. Like it's no, not that big fine. of a deal, you know. So if that's my only complaint, yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay. Sorry. One more. One small. One small little thing. So. Uh, Vince and Lacey are supposed to have been the ones who dumped the mannequin into the mm. pool. Okay. So about cruises. <laughs> when a cruise starts, it's like this big deal. Um, and everybody gets on deck and there's like this big party on deck and everybody, oh, really? okay. typically, um, and everybody goes to like wave goodbye to the people on the shore. It's like this whole thing. Okay. Usually. regardless even if it's not in that case it's hectic people are coming on board you know getting to their cabins getting to go eat doing whatever it is they want to do getting started with their cruise activities right how is it (laughs) that Lacey and vince managed to get a mannequin from one of the store shops all the way out into the open at the pool on the lido deck yeah i know that there are people who go to cruises and immediately go to the pool, especially on like right when a cruise embarks, because usually people um, are are busy at that time or exploring. Yeah. So typically people haven't gotten into their swimsuits or anything and gone to the pool. They're around, but they're not in the pool. So it's a perfect sure. time to go to the pool. Um, so you're telling me that nobody saw them lug and throw this mannequin and pour like drink flavor yeah. into the pool? That does seem a little much. That's a little far-fetched. Yeah. yeah. Just a little bit. But we had to start it off with a bang, and I'll excuse them that because it was an excellent opener, you know? I did also think that it was a little little bit much how Lacey 
now obviously she's pretending, but she seems so tra- like so so deeply traumatized by mm-hmm. this. She like the, the rest of the time whenever they see her, they're like, "How are you guys doing?" And she's like, "Oh, just still so shaken from that horrible experience." Okay, <laughs> sure, but well, yeah, that was yeah. A bit but much, the reason but... why is because she's trying to impact people to of think. Course. She also tells we know Nancy, that now, but... <laughs> yeah, she also tells Nancy that she thinks the cruise is cursed, which is an excellent, mm-hmm. yeah. an excellent rumor to start. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Oh, so good. And I'll also say, too, is that I feel like this book did an excellent job of giving us chapter cliffhangers that were cliffhangers but weren't contrived. Right. Like, I, in a lot of the, the books, they stick so hard to the formula of at the end of every chapter has to be a cliffhanger that it gets tiresome. Yeah. That you're like, obviously, this isn't going to be important. It's not going to be that big of a deal because you've had a cliffhanger at the end of every chapter and nothing big has happened. Came of it. Yeah. Right. The cliffhangers at the ends of these were genuinely good cliffhangers mm-hmm. that felt natural, um, yeah. like natural breaks and um, ended up typically causing some kind of issue or they weren't like the cliffhanger wasn't like this big accident or whatever, but instead like a um, confusing question or something that would make the reader pause and think and be like, Oh, what about that? Mm -hmm. You know, which is just such a good way to do it. It's just, (sighs) anyway, they really picked a winner with whoever wrote, (laughs) <laughs> I wrote this one. Props to the Nancy Drew Ghostwriter for uh, this book because yes, it's so well done. Very good. Well done. Very good. Accolades. You deserve an award. <laughs> I I kind of thought that the because um, this one is first person. It's Nancy's point of view. She's the narrator through this. I kind of thought that I didn't like that as much because like we had that in the Girl Detective series, mm-hmm. but this was done right. Mm-hmm. I see now that yes, it actually can be done well. That we can switch perspective in it and it not be, not be bad just because the t- girl detective series was so bad. If that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Somebody, there was somebody recently. I think it was like, was it Philip Pullman? Somebody said something really pretentious about like how the fact that like he doesn't even know. Of course, it was a male author. He doesn't mm-hmm. even know how you could write a book outside of third person, like. Like, how is that even possible? Because you can't write anything good that's not in third person. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Which, which just popped off on, like, literary Twitter. Everybody going like, well, I guess my books aren't real. Like, you know. <laughs> but which was funny. Sorry, you don't like, know how to do that. But <laughs> also, sorry if it was not Philip Pullman. Sorry to Philip Pullman. If that's the case. I don't remember who it was. But, yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. That's good. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> I think the only other thing that I had was George. And this was really more of a characterization thing that they put in, I I think, in hindsight. Because I made this note very early on, and now I don't really think it's that big of a deal after Mm -hmm. finishing the book with the Alan theory. But Bess has this guy that she really likes, and George, like, doesn't even give him a chance at first. Like, she's just immediately rude to him. Like, how do we ditch this guy? Mm -hmm. Um, And Nancy's even kind of the the same way, obviously. But there's, like, there becomes a point to that. And it kind of, like, Uh adds some interest. And, oh, Uh wait, hold on, hold on. Right. And then, like it, they, there becomes a point to it, and then it also is just mm-hmm. yeah, it's good. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I don't even know. Like, it's just 
I feel like I keep saying over and over again how good it is, and that's not great commentary because you've heard me say it 12,000 times, but it really (laughs) is just good. Uh, Yeah, no notes. It was a pleasant read. I finished it so quickly. I did not Mm -hmm. want to put it down. Loved Mm -hmm. it. Yeah, I've never, I have not in a long time, I have not had a Nancy Drew book that I did not want to put down, but this is one of them. Yeah. Yeah. I only read it in separate sittings because I had to, like I had to right. be somewhere. So it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. yeah. Yeah. So good. Yay. Okay. So flashlight score. If this doesn't deserve a five, I don't know what does. I totally a hundred percent agree. Five <laughs> flashlights, five flashlights. Easily. And I am for all the reasons previously stated. And I am so excited to read the next one and all uh, all of the ones in this series that we do because I cannot wait to see if they are all this good. Imagine if they are all bangers like this. Imagine. Oh, we're so spoiled. We are. We are. <laughs> We've got a good little series ahead of us here. I'm so excited. <sighs> My heart sings to leave behind the Girl Detective series and come to the Nancy Drew Diaries for quality. For quality. And I think it was a good idea to start with book one as well. I can't imagine yeah. having not read this one first now. Yeah. Having yeah. read none of the other ones, I say that. I agree, because it feels like with like the introduction of everything, like, oh, also, sorry, one more thing. We're thinking about introductions, they did not feel the need to do any of like the silly contrived, my name's Nancy Drew, and I'm a girl detective, and I mm-hmm. do this and this and this and this stuff. <laughs> we didn't need it. Nobody needs mm-hmm. it. Right. Nobody needs it. If you pick up a Nancy Drew book, you know who Nancy Drew is. You know what yeah. I mean? You know yeah. she's a teen detective. I would hope That's so. all you need to know. That's all right. you need to know. And the rest of it, you learn over the course of reading it. Right. You know, who her friends are, what her background is, personality. All of that stuff is told in context, as it should be. Yeah. You know? <sighs> but yeah, no, back to your point is, yeah, I could, I also could not agree more that we definitely needed to start with this one, especially mm-hmm. because of the way that it spans two books, but also because of just like, I feel like the precedent that it sets, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? With how the rest of them would go. If we... If we missed this one and we didn't do this one, we wouldn't necessarily know that they were all good if they all ended up being good. You know what I mean? (laughs) Right. Or we wouldn't be able to say, oh, well, the first one was really good, but all the rest of them were, you know, mediocre. Oh. You know what I mean? Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. So I think it's definitely, there's definitely value to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, as we said, obviously, next one is going to be book number two, Strangers on a Train. Mm Mm-hmm. So... Yeah. Please join us next time to see if our Alan theory is correct and uh-huh. find out what else might happen. Is I don't know how we're still investigating the cruise ship on the next one, if the next mm-hmm. leg of the journey is a train trip, but I'm here for it anyway. I don't really sure. care. <laughs> I I suspect, I imagine that it's going to be that um, Superstar Cruises also has like a Superstar train, train line trips or something. Yeah. Easy enough. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. But I'm very excited to find out. <laughs> Me so, too. We'll see you then, regular Drews. Yeah. Join us for our next one. Yay. <laughs> Bye. Yay. I'm so excited. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
Thank you for listening to Regular Nancy Drew. Email us at regularnancydrew at gmail.com. If you like this episode, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. You can also follow us on Instagram at Regular Nancy Drew and Twitter at Regular ND. You can also support us on Patreon. Patrons at the $3 level vote on upcoming episode topics and get exclusive access to our Scoop Sesh series. And all patrons receive early access to each episode as well as weekly bonus content. And to all you regular Drews out there, thanks for listening. listening.